This is exactly right. It's 1943 in the Kingdom of Bulgaria. As the Second World War rages, King Boris dies suddenly and every nation is a suspect. The Butterfly King premieres March the 21st on Exactly Right. It's a cruel tale of a doomed royal dynasty. Somewhere, the truth is out there. Listen to The Butterfly King on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. (laughs) Are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and terminal and gate we want to send you off in style we want to welcome you back home tell us all about it were you scared or was it fine Malhorn. Welcome to Do You Need a Ride? This is Chris Fairbanks. And this is Karen Kilgariff. We are in our respective apartments. And respectable apartments. I am. I have nothing but the utmost respect for my apartment <laughs> and Karen's, which is why we are in them respectively. My body, my apartment. My choice, oh. <laughs> if I live somewhere, say somewhere. Stay somewhere. <laughs> If you live somewhere, stay You'd somewhere. You'd be home white by now. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> oh, I love that's my favorite banner. Every condo that opens up feels like they're being so clever when they have that. Yeah. If you lived here, you'd be home right now banner. I remember seeing one. It was a billboard on the side of the road out by Castaic, like when you're taking the five out of L.A. to go up to Northern California. Uh-huh. And it was like basically you But I think it was right before the grapevine or right after. I can't remember. I think it's right before. And there's just a bunch of condos that they had just stuck up on a hill and then just like this tiny town. And then it said, if you lived here, you'd be home right now. And then I just went into like, I have to live here now. Like, what would that be if I had to live there right this second and become like a mortgage broker's assistant and work like a nine to six job and live in those condos and eat lean cuisine every night? What would that be? And it's you making that decision based on a banner that they're hoping will happen. It's ridiculous advertising. If you pull over immediately, you can live here. (laughs) <laughs> yes. In fact, that banner is law. You have to pull over right now and live here or you go to prison. You'll go to federal prison. Those communities. When I lived in Venice, there was I would go to this doctor that was within the Playa del Rey. Like when you did that YouTube stand up thing a long time ago, mm-hmm. it's where those people that work at, at YouTube and at Google and they all live in this community and it is 
Pleasantville creepy. Yeah. It is like a gated. I Even my doctor seemed like he was from Mayberry. It was like time travel. <laughs> like almost like they're throwback 50s people or Midwestern yeah. people. And everyone's like waving and they have matching baby carriages. And then they'd like, hi. But then they'd watch me drive to the doctor knowing that, <laughs> oh, I didn't live there. We have an outsider. <laughs> check the gate. Check that everyone has a little microphone on their lapel. <laughs> What if they knew what you were going to the doctor for? Like, oh, it's Mr. Foot Fungus. He's back. <laughs> Here no. Left leg limp. Left leg limp. Coming through That's again. Privacy issue. <laughs> um, is that the one? Are you talking about that one that's on the other side of the marshland? Yes. At the coast? Yes. That place. You're so right. Like you drive through the marshland and it's almost like you're you go through some kind of portal and you end up in this little in in a bustling little town with an Italian restaurant anchor restaurant. It's so and then weird. like it's a split in the mountains and you can see the ocean. Yeah. And it feels like this is the place to go to get away from Los Angeles. But what you're really doing is going into the dark heart of Los Angeles. Yeah. You're like cutting yourself off from Los Angeles into this underbelly of yes. deception and and Google industry <laughs> job having <laughs> and search engines. And oddly, that marshland across the street is some government protected bird estuary. Oh, there's like supposed to be if you walk on those trails, which no one does, you can find you can find bird species that like they're like, do you need to see a purple bellied pelican swan or whatever they they all yes. are supposed to live there and i've seen <laughs> nay a bird do you think it's a, actually a nuclear test site and they're just using birds as a front no the i i just go no that's how good i am at improv no i don't but here's my suggestion <laughs> it is all of that is the same dirt quality with water percolating underneath that sure. is all of Venice on the other side of that harbor. None of it should be built there. Venice, when I, the first indication being when I would go to the beach from living, you know, I lived like four blocks away. I would go uphill to the ocean. That's so bad. You know, like oh. if, if, a, if a scary tsunami wave came in, it would reach, it would go wash over the high point that is the sand and then just go down to where these to, these to fill up the pond yeah yeah it's so scary and there's there's water underneath like they weren't i bet all those buildings are slowly sinking yes for sure i'm so glad those, i got out of there i'm i am too chris those houses <laughs> that are in malibu that are right like it's almost like a glass box that's hanging out over the ocean which i'm actually personally obsessed with and would kill to at least spend the weekend in with someone yeah. uh, older uh, or <laughs> who's this mystery gentleman and kind of he's very together and he has, he has like a silver fox so and he has like old. so much money that this is his fourth house. Uh, but those houses are going to go into the ocean like in our lifetime. Because their water is rising. Did you, did you hear the fucking story? There was that one part of, Cy I think it's Siberia or like, you know, northern Siberia that all the snow went away, it melted, and now it's on fire. Did you hear about that? Oh, no. Yeah. 
Should we have saved that for the end? Yeah, that's our closer. <laughs> you never open with your best bit. You do the second to best bit, you fill in the middle with jibber jabber, and you end with a strong one. You take you joke you order your jokes one to ten. You take number ten, you put it number two, you take number one, put it number ten. <laughs> I told you that there's a comic that told me that when I very first started, right? Me too. His name I got was- the mathematical who? Matt Sadler in Austin. Oh. I met he said, Look me up when you get here. I met with him at the bar he worked at, and that's what he said. He said, open with your strongest. I had no jokes yet. Open yeah. with your second strongest bit. Yeah. And then uh, all these, this algorithm for the middle, but I remember at the end, <laughs> is your strongest joke. Yeah. You go from like number, it goes like, it goes two, uh, two, uh, four, seven, six, eight, nine, five. One. <laughs> For real? Your guy yeah. like gave you a ranking system and said literally told me the numerical set list I should have. You take your first, you order your jokes number one, best to worst. Then you take number one, you put it number ten. You take number ten, you put it number two. You take number oh, two, wow. you put it number one, three goes to four. I mean, literally, I was and I was just sitting there going, like, I get I love the vibe of this, which yeah. is that you think there's a secret and you're gonna share it with me. That's yeah. very generous. But also, this is not the kind of comedy I'm in any way interested in doing at all. There is no doubt in my mind, though, that it's probably not an accurate thing that I should have been following this whole time. (laughs) Because even when I think of your second best joke first and with your best joke, I forgot about that until (laughs) until I'm like, oh, my God, I have a TV taping. What jokes do I do? I'm like. I naturally conjure what was told to me that I ignored years ago. Do you know what I'm saying? Yes, because when you're doing stand up like night after night, you start getting into the weeds on your own ideas and you cannot order. If you can order your own ideas one to ten, God bless you and your fucked up weird right brain or left brain, whichever one it is, because I don't know. All of them seem bad to me. Yeah. The whole thing seems like a bad idea. So number one is not going to save me in the number 10 position because it's all some dumb shit I thought of like three days ago. Exactly. Yeah. If you're giving them these positions, you're giving your jokes such permanence that you don't plan on. (laughs) It's like, here's my 10 bits. I'm finally done. Time to hit the road for 20 years and develop a drinking problem. Yep. I'm going to get it so that I can recite these and think about a book I read one time at the same time. Like, what is the point of any of that? Like, I get the it's good for beginners because you have to acknowledge their structure in the same way that it's like if you pick the word that ends with a K, you're going to get a harder laugh than if you do some soft thing. If you, you know, put the noun in the wrong spot, whatever. Those are all the truth because that's like human cadence and what people like. Right. But but within your own material. uh, Well, I mean, I just did never have. I did never have like the top four jokes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were all they were all sixes. And who would usually. write a joke with plans to ultimately have it end with a strong cuss sound? <laughs> you know, it's like. But if I took one of those act or uh, stand up classes right now, I'd probably learn a lot. I'm like, oh, I should. I've been doing this 20 years and I just realized I that's why that joke works or whatever. Yes. I should yeah. take a stand up class. I don't know. Online. I don't believe in it. I I'm going to take an online Zoom stand-up seminar. <laughs> and then you just keep interrupting the teacher over yeah. and over. Just be like, um, wait a second. I have a really good idea about that thing <laughs> you just said. I have a, the perfect example. That's the Zoom timing. 
I that actually would be very well. I always find it so interesting the people who have cho- who suddenly decided they can teach a class because there's no in this realm which is stand up comedy and comedy writing. Uh, you don't always have to have any qualifications to run a, a tutorial or a webinar. I as surprising I, as that sounds, I'm amazed at the the misplaced confidence of. I mean, I'm I'm gonna offend anyone that's teaching a comedy class, but they aren't listening right now. They're working on next season's syllabus. <laughs> I yeah, it's just I would I I don't think I'm ready to tell people how to do stand up. No. And uh, uh, I've done it for a living, but that doesn't mean I know how to tell other people how to do it for a living. I have to say one time, uh, Paige Hurwitz, it was called, it was the the all Jill, no Jack comedy festival in Portland. Stacy, yeah. you know, Stacy, she's the best. Yeah, she's um, the best. Hello. Uh, Stacy, I owe her about three texts, but. Um, Paige Hurwitz and I went up there and did it and Paige was like they're make because Paige at the time was the executive producer of Last Comic Standing so she's like they're making me host like a a class or whatever you know right. like a, a what are those called um, oh I just put a seminar lotion in my eye a seminar yeah <laughs> is it lotion or hand sanitizer you know what it is I picked this thing up and I thought it was body oil and I rubbed it all in my hands because I just got out of the shower and then realized it's bath oil, which I don't think it's not really the same. I don't think you're just supposed to put it all slathered all directly right, on right. your body. I'm not sure. But then I just put it in my eye and I can tell I'm not supposed to put it in my eye for sure. It's the best but way to find Paige, out. <laughs> this is how I this is my test for everything. Put it in my eye. See if I like it. Um, so Paige is holding this seminar and she was like, please do it with me. I'm so embarrassed or whatever. And then it actually turned out to be super fun because it was it wasn't like we were telling these women how to do comedy or whatever. It was just like they would do their set. And then I would just be like, yeah, you don't need to worry about that thing. I think you're really worried about X and you don't need to worry about it at all. Right. Like, just do the thing that's funny about you, because I think there's, you know, all of comedy is you just copying the person you think is funny and kind of mimicking for a while and wanting to be like that person. And then at a certain point, you it's like you use those crutches and then you can stand on your own. So like that's usually the point where people are at a festival like that. Yeah. Where it's like you've done you know how to do a solid 15 minute set. So don't you don't have to wear that beret. It's yeah, that yeah. kind of it's sure, that kind sure. of thing. You know, yeah, I could do that. I could go to a class and say, oh, you don't need to do that. But I can't go to a class and say, here's what you need to do. That's like, who am I to say? But well, yeah. yeah, well, it's their that's their homework. But you but I feel like you can go. You don't have to uh, you don't have to apologize with a hat while you're standing <laughs> on stage, which I think is a sometimes women get led down that direction. Like they have to be a very a pigeonholeable type. Yeah. Yeah. Where You know, like you've seen all those. There's been lots of comics as I've done sets over the years where it's like I'm wearing my bridal gown because, hell, I paid enough for it. There's all those kinds of <laughs> comics you know yeah. where it's like i'm the com- i'm the girl that wears my purse on stage it's like just fucking say some jokes like you belong somewhere please yeah yeah, yeah not the not the kind of kind you'd wear at a secondhand store beret <laughs> no a blueberry beret please <laughs> but was the point of the point, what were you trying to the say? point is 
I don't know how to do stand up anymore. <laughs> how could you? I this is a, we're past the point. I did a show the other night. Did we talk about the show I did with dogs everywhere? No, I shouldn't have maybe, but it was an outdoor show, which was a big selling point. It was on the patio at El Cid. There was hand sanitizer everywhere. Everyone had a mask. All the comics were supposed to bring their own microphone and everyone's <laughs> temperature was taken, like which is all they did in that Chappelle thing to make it seem like it was okay. But the minute I got there... I was like, I shouldn't be here. I yeah. there's too many people and there are walls in that outdoor area. There people weren't distanced enough. But there was puppies there. It was a fundraiser for a dog rescue place. <gasps> All the more reason that I was like, it's for a good cause. But it I right when I was there, I'm like, I was more nervous about that than doing stand up. And then the puppies were kind of squealy and heckly. They were adorable, <laughs> but and I don't think they were thinking about this. People that worked for the service were handing these dogs off to people, which is, we learned early on, don't pet people's dogs. They, I mean, if you hand me a puppy, it better be wet and soapy because that's a virus-carrying doggy. Yeah, oh, yeah, sure. Yeah, so it's very nervous, and I did very poorly, and I forgot all of my jokes. Like, taking this much time off, even if we're practicing with Zoom shows, I I was no. I did terribly. It was so weird how quickly I got rusty. I Yeah, I I think anyone would. It's not the same. Like anything that's still in your house is has nothing to do with live performance. Live performance is entirely its own beast and you have to like it's not like riding a bike. It's like no. riding a bull or something where you if you don't know how to do it from yesterday, you're fucked. Like yeah. truly. Truly. I've done it enough times I've tried to get back into it casually enough times and had these sets where it was like, oh, I don't even think I should have done this when I first started. Doing it. Like, this seems like I've gone the wrong direction in life. Yeah. It's yeah. like soul crushing when you fucking eat it after like 20 years of doing it. You're right. Because so I horrible. was like, oh, I'll I'll definitely get them with this joke that works 90 percent of the time. And it got nothing. And I'm like, wow, even the stuff that I liked in my act, I now don't like. This did so can much damage. A, can I ask a question? <laughs> yes, please. Did, did you yell about the dogs being heckly? Were you mean about the dogs? That's why they didn't laugh. You fucking attacked the, attack the wrong audience member. I made that mistake. I, I talked about how much I prefer cats. Which even the dogs could hear that. They're like, did he just say the word cat? They're like, no, he I, did not. And I brought up the fact that they possibly had, they shouldn't be handing them <laughs> over to each other without sanitizing <laughs> them. So then the audience was like, oh my God, he's right. And then they got nervous. Yep. I did so many things wrong when talking about these dogs. I yeah. should have ignored them. I yep. was worried about one. There was one in the middle of the room that kept <laughs> disappearing. I'm like, did that dog get... Taken by an alien ship? And they're like, aliens? What are you talking about? Like, they just thought I was crazy. And well, then at my that point, hair. Yeah. I, they were just like, this fucking guy. Yeah, they didn't like me. <laughs> they were rooting for me. I, I think they did like me. They're just like, even though they don't, they aren't comics, they were like, he's making so many bad decisions on stage right now. <laughs> 
Even I can tell. And I I work at El Pollo Loco. Yeah. I was giving them a comedy class in a weird way where I just show them uh, unannounced. I show them what not to do. And and now they're all going to start doing stand up because they were inspired. I think that's when I decided to stop doing stand-up is every time I would get on stage, I would do whatever my first tiresome opening joke was. And then I would start talking about how comedy was over. And I wouldn't, I would always go into comedy being dead for like two minutes and then expect that the audience would just still be waiting on the other side of me ruining their night and the money they spent and the show they're trying to watch. Like I cannot learn that lesson because I think Stand-up comedy is the most self-indulgent thing. And then on top of that, you can actually wrench a little more self-indulgence out of it if you ruin it for everyone else while you're doing it. And I I think that's what I love. I don't think you ever, ever went as poorly as you think it did. I've never not seen you be funny doing stand-up. It just always feels fucking terrible. Oh, yeah. Even when it's great. Even when it's great, it can feel terrible because it's like, why doesn't it always feel that great? I yeah. can't even enjoy the good shows. That's how it should it, feel. <laughs> why does it feel better than great? Yeah. Why can't I have moments that no one's ever having? <laughs> <laughs> Do you, I, have you noticed recently that there's been a, a, a surge in your Live at the Bootleg album purchases? Why did you buy a couple? I did. Did you see that two <laughs> purchase spike? No, people are <laughs> posting about it, I feel like. Oh, really? Discovering it. People that already liked you that didn't know about it. It's a, I'm calling it the third wave. Yes. Yes. Like um, ska music. We <laughs> don't ruin my third wave with ska music references. Um, <laughs> Did no, I? I mean, I don't, I don't people. It is nice that people like it. And I was thinking the other day, just how grateful I was that I ended up, I am how grateful I am currently that I decided to do it, even though at the time I really didn't think I should be doing it. I was just like, this is ludicrous and almost borderline pathetic. And now that it, I did it, I was like, oh, good. You mean the nice. recording of that album? and Well, yeah, because, just because it's I don't know how to play the guitar, really. And I just made those songs up to kind of like have something to do. And it's all very, it's very like um, at the time I'm saying now I'm thrilled that I have that album. but. At the time, it was just like, this is just this weird way I'm trying to stay, tell myself what I do for a living or like what I like, even though it's like kind of apropos of nothing. Well, that makes it even more impressive that you just did it as an experiment. <laughs> because, uh, and you, so you haven't been playing guitar at all lately. Like, no. you don't pick Oh, up. I mean, I do it at home. Yeah. Okay. I do. I, that's, I usually around between 11 a.m. and 1 p.m., I'll have a nice concert hour. Um, oh, okay. And do some covers in the front room. Real good acoustics in here for that. Please, I hope it's called Concert Hour, and I hope you have a reminder to have it on a dry erase board somewhere in your house. <laughs> in the laundry room. <laughs> Three to four, Concert Hour on the Concert washer. Hour. <laughs> and make the dogs sit in front of me. <laughs> yeah, of course. They're not allowed to move. Yeah. Yeah, I tell jokes to my plants. I actually like the idea I'm uh, of that a living room concert is my favorite. Um, you know, almost like the Playboy, whatever, Hugh Hefner's After Dark or whatever, Playboy After Dark. Yeah, yeah. I, Did you ever I see vague, that show? I vaguely remember it. It'd be like a bunch of people, it's a super fake setup of like a fake party, cocktail party. 
But that idea of people standing around at a party and then some gal like leans up against a piano and is like, blue moon. <laughs> like, oh, I yeah, love yeah. that. I love that idea. <laughs> like kind of up close entertainment, cocktail hour t- type of concert. I, w- I don't know. If there's like Tig and, and Martha and there was like a comedy crackpot comedy tour thing that they did as a pilot. And they did. There are people that regularly have concerts usually folk music i think or acoustic music of some kind in their kitchen or sometimes they'll rent out a small theater or whatever and tig and martha did this tour in those venues so they'd be performing in someone's kitchen or in a in a living room and they said it was so great but at the time it horrified me the idea of being in a in a house with strangers and yeah. you stand up in their kitchen i think it still horrifies me it's pretty it is pretty horrifying because I'm sure you've done those. There's those backyard shows that sometimes get moved into the house for whatever reason. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done a couple of those where and that was when I first started doing comedy music again. And I was like, it was so like my cheeks would get so hot and red from being I was like, I'm just singing at these people that are like two feet away from me. It's not like you're, you're at a show. Right. You know what I mean? You're, it's the a, guy, it's a, you're the guy at a campfire that pulls out a guitar. Yeah. And no one knew it was coming. And he's like, come as you are, <laughs> as you are. There were so many dudes when when I first moved to L.A., so many drunk dudes with acoustic guitars playing fucking hits off of Nevermind, where you're just like, please stop it. Please stop it. We've all heard every one of these songs 300 times. I'm begging you. That is so, yeah, It there's always a Nirvana singer. Oh, that sounds yeah. awful. I remember visiting, I was visiting L.A., and I don't know if it was one of the nights after Lucy's laundromat or whatever, but I went to a house party, and everyone, I think that Tenacious D album had just come out, so that was just playing on a loop. Yeah. And you were at the party. and I was? Yeah, it was a long... And Jay Johnson and... uh, Zach Galifianakis was sitting in the corner and I was I didn't talk to anyone. I didn't I just listened to Tenacious D and nervously <laughs> didn't talk to anyone. I was so, and stared at people. <laughs> I was so intimidated. It's just so funny because uh, were you really, with Howard? I was with Howard. Yeah, he brought me to that party. Yeah. It, oh, I loved those Lucy laundry. Lucy's laundromat days were the most fun. It was just insanity. We'll talk about a show that didn't. I the most unlikely, unsuspecting audience of people actually doing laundry. Yes, in, in a lot of cases, like people that work that were washing clothes for someone else, and maybe they were didn't even speak English or under or they didn't want us talking. And no. the bathroom is right behind you. It was just everything. I remember the men's bathroom was right behind the stage, and people are just yeah. going in. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I just tried to talk. So what are you washing? Underwear? Like I, I, I it was horrifying. It was, horrifying. it was, it also was the kind of thing where it made me start to realize I need to write good enough material that if I say it in the middle of a room, even if I don't like, even if there aren't audible laughs that I don't feel bad. Right. You know what I mean? That I, I have to like the thing that's coming out of my mouth and I have to stand behind it and not because every time I would just like at that stage, especially you just couldn't, 
you couldn't get anyone to like you. It, no one did material there because everyone was immediately in this psychotic panic. Of and like, what you're describing is exactly how it feels to do these online comedy shows. Ugh. There's no reaction. And I've been doing them. So I, I don't waste my one-liners because if there's no reaction, it's like, oh, that felt terrible. So I've just become this online storyteller comic because yeah. I have control over that and it doesn't matter if there's laughs during that. I don't know. It does matter. It does matter though. Yeah. It's comedy. That's all that fucking matters. It's I comedy. I, it's no, stand up comedy live. I mean, it doesn't matter that I'm not hearing them as much. If it's it not does, like here's the does. end of a joke. Here's the end of a joke. It matters. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I oh man. It's just I like, would never be able to do one of those shows. It just seems like torturous well one time they the audience was involved so it's like we're doing right now but every there was like 30 squares of well-behaved audience people also oh. in the room quote unquote and they i can't believe i just went quote unquote and <laughs> did hand quotes as i <laughs> jesus anyway and it was working great you could hear them all laughing until someone's blender went off and a dog started barking and then the whole show went to shit <laughs> but it was fun up till that point. Uh, that's but. really well. It should be required muted. Oh, because you want to be able to hear people. Yeah, yeah. Usually it's required yeah. muted, but this one was being experimental. <laughs> well, see, because that makes sense though. Because you, I can't imagine there aren't more stories that the story isn't not isn't that the blender went off, but it was like, and then this guy just stood up and started jerking off. It just all feels like it's waiting for like a chat roulette style. Right. This audience of, it was trusted repeat uh, people to the actual live show. So it's like, this guy always goes to the show in Boulder, Colorado. Like this, it's this show oh, in Boulder. And so they insiders. put 15 people that they trusted in the room. Huh. And so they were well-behaved and wanted to be there for comedy, but they can't control their dogs and their garbage disposals. <laughs> <laughs> Who can? Who can? Who can? They're Who can? will and I have a feral garbage disposal. <laughs> Do not put your hand in there. I started feeding a kitty cat in my neighborhood. Uh, what color? Gray. Uh, gray because it's got dirt on its white spots, <laughs> but orange and orange and white. Oh. And very skinny and meows so loudly that it sounds like it's either pregnant or in pain, but has a collar with a tags on it. So with a phone number, it's just a, it's probably a neighbor's cat. It is. It, but it, cats, any cat yeah. that goes outside does goes wherever it wants. Does yeah. This it is wants. a cat that is like, they just leave it outside, but the cat wants something. And will come in my apartment and walk around, but won't let me pet him. But it's the uh, closest thing I've had to companionship. <laughs> you better get some some of those silver bags of tuna. Or oh, some, you're right. Ki some kibbles and bits or whatever. What about yeah. just an over oversized fish skeleton? <laughs> and a little hat? Heathcliff style. Heathcliff, thank you. <laughs> Are you gonna, what's the name on the collar? I haven't gotten that close. The kitty won't let me pet it. Just comes in my house. And then when I go to pet him, he runs out. Yeah. But he hangs out in my living room and just looks at me with a kind face. But 
keeps me at a distance. Listen, I'm going to tell you what I tell all the girls, which is it's it's about what he does, not about what he says. So it's about action. So you're saying this cat just isn't that into me? That cat's <laughs> using you for tuna. <laughs> I have been. I have tuna that I have purchased just for this cat that doesn't love yeah, me. That's right. That's how they do it. God, I've learned so much about myself and past relationships. Please read my book. <laughs> 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 have you been uh, have you been uh laying outside and swimming and things? I have very much so. I've um these last couple of weeks have been a little crazy. So I've done a lot of um I'm about to go swimming and I like put on my suit and I'm all ready and then I just pace around <laughs> for a long time <laughs> until it gets it like it wasn't that warm down here um for the last couple of days so like, you know, I wanted to make sure I was hot enough to get in or whatever. Yeah. Then today I finally went outside. It's boiling hot yeah, outside it's today. It's really hot today. It's crazy. I think it's over a hundred. Do you have air conditioning in your place? Like Oh hell yes. Yeah. All day and night. Yeah, it's like goes through the walls and stuff, right? Got to. Yeah, yeah. I have like a unit, like a robot that I keep in the corner of my room and I just stand next to it, but <laughs> I, uh, yeah, it is unbearable. It's time yeah. for me. I got my COVID test yesterday. Negative results. Hey, that's, uh, a, that's worth clapping for. Yeah, that's right. So I, I'm safe and ready to drive up to Montana. So I'm going to, just for the air conditioning in my car, hit Dang. the road. <laughs> Dude, and, when are you going to go? Uh, as soon as I have a friend that I grew up with that lives in Santa Barbara, and we're going to kind of drive next to each other if that like a caravan sure in case one of our cars explodes uh and right. i'm waiting for him to be done with a house he's doing carpenter work on and then we're cool. gonna go so like in a week i can't wait uh yeah that's real good it's yeah. nice it's always nice to get out of town uh, when you've been in los angeles for months at a time yeah it's good to change pace and any um I guess all the shows, any shows you would do, you could do on your computer. It's right. not like you're going there to do shows. Well, most importantly, this show. I'm like this thing. Yeah, I'll I'll uh I'll not do other one. Although I've been doing a lot of podcasts lately and listening to some. And we're ours is good. I like ours. Yeah, I think it's good too. Yeah, we're good at it. I think we're good at talking yeah. and comedy. The gift of gab <laughs> is a gift for you from us. <laughs> I just did, speaking of other podcasts, I just, I just did Bridger's Gift Podcast, and it was so fun. How did you do? On the Exactly Right Network. Good. I On the Exactly Right Network. Yeah, yeah. Can you give us a hint? Oh, wait, it hasn't come out yet, so don't tell us what I you gave I can't. Them. I know I was about to, too. I would have spoiled it. I would have. You signed spoiled. an NDA. Yeah, you can't say it. But you can't I'm say glad anything. I didn't know about uh, d the different, uh, you know, sections of, or not s sections. What's the word? Uh, segments. Of, segments. Segments. Thank you. You know, like the sections of a uh, <laughs> oh. of a earthworm. Segments. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I. Uh, but so they were sprung on me, and it was kind of fun. Like when we played Quiplash, it's like, oh, it's a game. I need to uh, react and 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 be a human being. I know. Yeah, it's, I love that Quiplash game. I tell you, we played it the other night with my friends. Just casual game night oh it you makes did. me laugh yeah yeah we that's how i first found out about it was it's the 
um, game night that Bridger does. I do with Bridger and Carrie O'Donnell, but there's a bunch of people. But yeah, we we played Quiplash, and the first couple times I was like, this is the weirdest game. And suddenly it's like it's so hilarious because if you play it with the right group of people that are like minded, yeah, it's really funny. And like the people that when you do a fake answer or just do the answer of like there, I got one, and the question was about. What would Sonic Sonic the Hedgehog do if he didn't get a certain ring or some shit like that? And I went, I don't know. I'm 50. What are you fucking asking me these stupid yeah. questions for? Where, and those it's like those kind of things are my favorite. Yeah. And the other version that most people, even my own family, has fun with is Cards Against Humanity. And it's like, I don't want to have to read a thing that isn't funny or crude. It's so fun because you're actually writing the things and making other people. Yeah read them it's the best it's it's i love it There's, i love that game. yeah instead you mean instead of having someone's edgy comedy forced onto you exactly. that's like trying yeah. so hard every yeah. one of those cards and it is that thing of like the people that like it and that's everyone gets to like what they like and yeah, it's no very offense. popular and that's fine <laughs> but it, when you write jokes for a living and then you see that shit where you're just like this is this is like seventh grade playground stuff where you're but other people are like can you believe it and we had a bunch of drinks and people told the truth and it's like yeah you could do that anytime you want they are every other card mentions hitler like these the jokes are trying <laughs> so fucking hard to be edgy yep yep it's and I don't, Hitler's not funny. I'll tell you that right now. I'm going to go. You know in. what? Yeah. Not one thing he did was funny. God damn it. I mean, he had Sick some physical humor early. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> You're it, thinking of Charlie Chaplin. It's, oh, that's, that's You've what got it the was. mustache. It's I very like confusing. Hitler when he is in those silent movies. Like no, 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 no. No, no. Yeah, it was him. He was young. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. played Hitler in No, 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 a, no. I'm pretty no, no. sure. Uh, 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 I, I'm pretty no. sure it uh, was him. I, I don't think you're right about Hitler. No, I, I don't think, think you're right. I, I'm thinking about the right guy. <laughs> I don't think you're right. <laughs> See, you gotta do another album. That was See? just a taste of Karen's oh upcoming album, Live at the Bootleg Part Deuce. <laughs> I don't think you're right about Hitler. And it takes that song takes a surprising turn yeah. after the bridge, everybody. <laughs> it becomes a table slapping rap. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> a table. This is a real table slapper. Um, oh, that's a sign that you're listening to bad music if it's a table slapper. <laughs> that's some Dave Matthews reactions right there. Oh, God. I don't know why, but I listened to Dave Matthews. I've been trying to give everyone a chance again since nice. I've been in quarantine. And I listened <laughs> to Dave Matthews. I don't know why. It's just for some reason. And I listened to some old songs. And they're good musicians, of course. It's a yeah. bunch of, it's 30 people in a band. Right. I think they're all the best musicians. It seems yeah. like that's, so they're that's not gonna... Dave Matthews' whole thing. He's, yeah. he's a jammer. And I didn't like it. But <laughs> amazingly, I listened to whatever Spotify will give you the be the most popular songs. I listened to some Grateful Dead, a, a band I've been passionate about not liking for a long time to sure. where I it's maybe the only argument I ever had was Sweet Harris Whittles. Uh, but I uh, uh, I really liked it this time. I found really? some Grateful Dead songs that are that really were 
pretty and like like the harm I, I it was like good in, instrumentation right i mean look it <laughs> here in quarantine anything can happen you you're absolutely allowed to revisit some old hates and turn them into loves yeah please I'd do never, yeah i never even gave it enough of a listen to hate it legitimately i had never listened to it i this morning listened to because my friend my friend allison Augusti, who's very hilarious sent me the um divorce notification of a celebrity and in the in their announcement it was like they're ready to go on with their relationship and turn the page and then i immediately sent her bob seger's turn the page (laughs) but then i sent it and i really wanted her to listen to it but then i was like well i should listen to it too and that song is so fucking hilarious and dramatic bob seger and that kind of that it's like weep rock you know what i mean where they're just like telling you a story it's so hilariously dramatic long-haired it's like aren't you a biker oh no you're weeping openly yeah yeah and you're tough or the softest this is a recording before his silver bullet band sponsored by (laughs) cores I gotta no, listen. To, I don't know a lot of Bob. Simultaneous. I think it is. Bo- it's a bo- Silver Bullet band. He's. It's like an eighties hit. You've never I, heard "Turn the Page." It's about how rockers can't keep love. Can you sing just a sample? Here I am, girl. Oh yeah, here on I the road. Yeah, in the road in again. The road. <laughs> and then when it gets real heavy, what's it sound like, Karen? Turn the page. I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I haven't heard that part. <laughs> Turn the page. You've never heard that where someone's like gets shot in the guts and then falls over <laughs> and sings. The turn the page. And, and make a tourniquet. <laughs> call a call an ambulance. Turn the page of the phone book to nine one one. Out. I'm Dial nine one one after you turn up eight. Put me in a gurney. <laughs> uh, yeah, I I remember that song now. Yeah, I got I got I got to listen to more Bob Seger. It's funny yeah. that you would. I there's that the uh, the pressure to uh, send a GIF or a sample or a YouTube video like that to tag someone's joke like you did. It's like so exciting and it's so nerve-wracking when for whatever reason it doesn't send and then it's like well now it's too late yeah it's too late you have to do it the timing of when the gif appears is just as important as the gif itself yeah and i've done a i've mismanaged a couple where i tried to get them in too fast and then i pick gifts and you have to be very careful about this and steven you'll get to weigh in don't worry because steven's the gift master he's good at giving gifts But if you pick one that's too short in its loop, it it ends up being like this crazy. It's like or or too dark. Right. I tried to send one one time that was like um, it was a Game of Thrones gift. And I was so excited to like send this message. And then when it actually came up, it didn't make sense. It just looked like I sent a weird like image, moving image. Half the half. Yeah. Half the show Game of Thrones is just a black screen and you're squinting. Yes. It's like someone in this, there's like a gleam of a sword. And I was like, this is a great choice to make, right? You know, not cool. Yeah. And then the whole moment, you've blown a moment. Not only have you not been funny and timely, but you like, it's almost like you (laughs) kind of like, you know, when you take one of those weird steps and you trip, even though there's nothing in front of you, it's like that, but the gift version of it. Yeah. 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 It's a, it's a huge misstep and you will, 
you will do it when you see that the other person, their bubbles show up and yeah. they're trying to tag their own joke already. And it's like, you got to beat the bubbles. And so you, gotta you get send in there. the wrong GIF GIF. Yep. Yep. Sorry, what were you saying? Oh, I just want to say there's nothing worse than sending a GIF and then just no response. And then you just have to text them later, like something for something unrelated. But it's just like sitting there. Just it, sitting there. Yeah. You're just like, I'm just yeah. going to delete it on my end is if it yeah, never happens. Yeah. Because then, you know, by if the time they could. by the time they look at it, it's like, why the hell did you send me this? It's like, well, you weren't in the moment. It was great. I'm a I'm a curator of gifts. I know what to send. <laughs> Don't get mad at me because your timing is off. <laughs> you you weren't, had, your eyes weren't where they were supposed to be. Yeah, you had to go and feed a baby or something. I have gifts to send or gifts. Uh, you know, that's also it's gifts. It that's is. also the frustrating thing is uh, I cannot learn to let the other person have the last word. I can't. It's like I get so excited if I'm riffing with someone in a text thread. And they say something funny. It will make me think of something else funny. And I have to fucking answer it. I, know. I can't ever just be like, you can up and boom, we're done. Put a you, button on You it. and I have that in common. Even when we read commercials together and you go, thank you. And I go, you're welcome. I want to go thank you again. I want to be the last one to say the thing. <laughs> Even though you already are. Thank you. You're welcome. And thank you again. And thank you. You're welcome again. We could just. I have, <laughs> I have ultimate control over all of this. It's so sad. It's okay though. <laughs> it's all right. And when we just and when we just did that, it was so hard for me when we did that cartoon thing together the other day. Oh yeah. Cuz you say you have the last word literally in that scene and I was just supposed to say stay quiet and I wanted so badly <laughs> to have the last word. I wanted of I just wanted to say something, but I think I had the restraint. I never did. Yeah, no, you did good. I I keep thinking about the part where uh, I was supposed to just be there, like you're just passing the time and having a good time and working or whatever. <laughs> so I'm like, put that there. I was like, there are people who do this for a living who would have thought of a good line that would have contributed to the to the project. Like I kept thinking of all the people that do Frozen or whatever and how good they are. So I was like, I'm doing work and like not, felt like absolutely nothing. Yeah. I just took what they said and did it put a tune behind it. It was so yeah. embarrassing. Yeah, they said, so you're just working on something. So maybe you're just humming or maybe singing. And so you just went directly <laughs> to singing a song about working. <laughs> I'm doing work. I'm humming a song. Hum, 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 work, 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 all by myself, but I'm focused on work, singing and humming and working a lot. How was that? How was that, everyone? Guys, did I do it? Did I do literally exactly what you asked me to do and nothing more? Okay, cool. There were, I felt awkward during that, too. There are, it's clearly after we did that, it was obvious, uh, doing voiceover for commercial, for cartoons is a skill. And people are good at it. And yep. I am not yet that person. But I am very excited to see what they make. Just the idea that like, yeah, that isn't that kind of the point of trying to be good at podcasting is then you could also maybe be seen as being good in other voiceover realms where it's like, yeah, this is the job everybody wants. Maybe for this you, but fucking- I, I just want this to be a road that leads right to terrestrial morning AM radio. <laughs> Oh, God.
Should we do some some Q's and some A's? Let's do it. Yeah. Let's let's do it, right? Yeah, I oh, think yeah. so. That's a that's a perfect time. Steven, what you got? By the way, I watched Back to the Future last night, and I didn't realize the whole movie is about him trying to get his parents to have sex. Have it's you such seen? a weird. It's, it's such a like I didn't really quite. I mean, because it's such a classic, uh-huh. and I was like. And I, I feel like the movie is really about like getting to know your parents as people. And I'm like, if they rebooted it, I feel like they could find a different way to do that same story. Have you seen John Mulaney's joke about the pitch no, no, meeting for Back to the Future? No, no. Hey, he's a high school kid, okay? But his best friend is a crazy 70-year-old scientist grown <laughs> man. Like, it, he just goes through all the... But he talks about... And he has to go back in time... To have sex with his own mother <laughs> or like he's just <laughs> pitching the whole show and it's so funny. That guy's really good at stand up. He's very good at stand up comedy. Yep. I wonder how his Zoom shows have been going. <laughs> yeah, I I wonder that, too. Everyone's doing them. <laughs> Nobody has anything better. We're all doing Zoom shows. That's right. That's all. That's the only option right now. All right, Stephen, ask us a question. A good one. Stephen. And make sure it's a good one, Stephen. <laughs> Stephen, do it. All right. This is from Kretzel. Uh, If you could dispense a condiment from your belly button, which condiment oh. would you choose? God, uh, no. Gross and mustard. <laughs> Fine relish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's wait, chunky. wait. I want to change mine. Cream cheese, because then my belly button's like the middle of a bagel. <laughs> Oh, God. I don't want to know what other people think about anymore. Oh. (laughs) Okay, I'll get a a real question. Okay. Uh, (laughs) People really love these gross questions. Um, They do. I think this could apply to just any car, but it says, like, from the Red Melt asked, what features would you uh, would be included in the perfect Dinar Taurus? But I think, like, what are the perfect features of any car, really? Oh, well, if it's I, if you if if you if you don't mind, I'll go first. Please do. My favorite part of the Taurus uh, commercial, um, <laughs> and it's right around the lyric. Uh, Ford, it knows where we're going. That's right when they show the digital speedometer. <laughs> now that that car didn't have a lot of uh, sporty lines or a nice interior. But that Mm-mm. speedometer is straight out of Kit, the Trans Am from Knight Rider. Like it had no business and it only goes to 85. <laughs> you can see that it only goes to 85 in the commercial. It's just has no place. But you can see a car salesman sitting someone down. Wait till you get a load of this. And then they show the speedometer and just cash register sound effects in the background. They're like, please do not export this to Germany or anywhere near the Autobahn because it would absolutely be run over immediately. (laughs) Yeah. It It, can't handle it. Just on the side of the road, stalled out, trying to flag other cars down to look at the (laughs) speedometer. No, I belong here. Look at my speedometer. I'm from the future. You're going to love this. Um, So digital speedometer for you. And then I'm going to say... And it, a lot of times, like during the summer, this isn't going to sound like it makes sense because you forget in the winter, and especially if you are from California, heated seats, 
that when it's cold at night and you can stick on a little button and suddenly in like four minutes you're warm that's Uh the best thing ever it really is heated seats are the greatest but i think i've told you this my friend karen anderson had heated seats in her uh volvo station wagon and every time i'd ride with her she would turn my (laughs) she would turn my seat on real as high as it could go the seat heater but not tell me so i would start to get really bitchy and i would be like i don't know who cares if we go there and i would like get crabby yeah and then she would start laughing and then i would realize she had turned my seat that's on. funny without you yeah. knowing it's like yeah. she gave you all of a sudden you had this swamp ass attitude <laughs> real. it was like being turned into a toddler where i was like i don't know what i want and then i'm like oh god damn it you turned my seat heater now this is kind of disgusting but mm. it is an interesting experiment And so I'm going to talk about it. Okay. One time I met up with some friends after uh, the bar. They had been drinking. I had something to do. I went there like at midnight. This is in Missoula. You know, we were all uh, in our early 20s. And I was talking to my friend Matt, like pretty close. And he was being weird. He was talking really close to me. And I'm like, why are you? Are you trying to be funny? What are you doing? And he's like, all right, I guess I'll see you later. And he walked away and he made it all the way down the block. And it wasn't until then, because it had cooled off, I realized that whole time he was talking to me, he was peeing on my leg. Like he just had his penis out and I was wearing jeans. And if you think about urine, it's just a body temperature. It's just a body temperature, his body temperature on mine. Undetectable. He was so stealthy about it that I couldn't hear it. And it was the perfect bomb to drop because he was gone by the time I was like, oh, my pant has urine on it. My pant. I have to go home now. Wait a second. I was In, inside the bar. No, right outside. So it was either. I mean, it was outdoors. Uh, Sorry, his name's Matt. Yeah, Matt. Matt, I'm sorry. I'm writing Matt and then I'm putting that name in a heart right now because that's the best thing I've ever heard. I exactly. (laughs) I've thought about it. I went from anger to like, oh, you're a child genius. That would be (laughs) he had it. He knew that's that I wouldn't know. That's so good. That's what I yelled as he is a block away. I'm like, how did you know that I wouldn't (laughs) I wouldn't feel it? Wait, that reminds me of, and Pete may have told you the story, but he was at uh, some horrible hotel pool in Las Vegas that had a lazy river. Uh-huh. And there was a kid, there was like, they, him and his friends were all super shit faced. It was during the day. I think they were there for a bachelor party and they, they were going down the lazy river and some kid was like, yeah, um, up river, like behind them a little yeah, bit. Yeah. And they were talking about something. I think this is how it went. Like they were talking about maybe something dirty or inappropriate. So, and then they turned around and this kid was like three feet away from them. And so his drunken friend was like, Hey kid, get the fuck out of here. Whatever. Just said something like that. Uh-huh. And the kid just smiled at them and they were, then they're like, what's he doing? And then the kid goes, I'm peeing on you. <laughs> <laughs> and he was just peeing into the water down river on them. And that's my favorite story. It's like, do not fuck with little kids. Yeah. Do do not like you don't know what people are capable that of. You is just so don't. Great. I just can see that kid right now. Yeah. Yeah. I'm he was on just you. The, the little kid from Richie Rich <laughs> or something. Yes. That's a little kid who had like mean older brothers or older cousins, so he knew how to defend himself. Yeah, yeah. He knew he knew the perfect play 
in a situation like that. God, I love a sinister, rich little kid. Yes. He gets out. He walks up to the bar and orders whatever he wants. This kid runs this casino. And it's all based in attitude. He has so much attitude. No one's carding him and realizing he's not 21. They're like, he can pull it off. He's eight, but who gives a shit? He's a baller. Okay, Stephen, let's let's move on, Stephen. This is from McKenna Kaiser, McKenna underscore Kaiser or dot Kaiser. If Love you, your hospital. <laughs> if you if you could create a law and have it be named after you, what would it be? You just were Daria. <laughs> With your love your hospital. Was, love your hospital. Uh, I needed to get it in there, but sorry. I didn't want to ruin everything. I was going to say love your permanente, but uh, <laughs> it was the timing was wrong. I'm sorry, everyone. I'm sorry, Stephen. What was the question? <laughs> sure. Um, well, mine would be the Fairbanks Law. Okay. Um, and it would uh, be... Based on the actions of Wells Fargo, banks can't do unfair things anymore. It's a very vague law. Nice. No, this is good. Yeah, I've been pushing for it to uh, Congress and the Senate. I feel like Liz Warren would get behind this law 100%. (laughs) Because weren't they, what were they doing? Do you remember what Wells Fargo was doing? They were like taking pennies. Yeah, they were like charging fee percentage fees. And then basically it there was it the one where they would get you down below an amount. They would charge you and get you down below an amount and then penalize you for being below the amount. But all of that was just happening independently. Oh, was it wow. That thing? OK, yeah, that I, I guess I'd never had it described to me. That sounds pretty sinister. I could I could have just made that up. Too. I mean, nothing is more evil than. Uh, charging people $30 for not having money. That's like, yeah. that is a, a, like Oliver Twist level, or what I'm trying to think of yeah. someone that's mean to poor people. Oh, current, yeah. uh, that's like something our current president would do. <laughs> <laughs> well, also, that's the thing that when, um, like when, y- when you, uh, if you have very bad credit card um, debt and you're mm. trying to get out of it, you it's sometimes very good to hire a debt or whatever they're called, attorney. Yeah. Because most of the charges that credit cards um, charge you for are illegal. And they just do it. And then they raise your percentage. They raise your, what you call it? Um, you uh, know, interest the fee. Rate? Yeah, yeah. The, your interest. Uh-huh. And so that's how people get into such terrible debt. And so if you could, you could owe the credit card company 50 grand, but take it to a, a debt lawyer and they could get it down to like $4,000 because actually... When those, I saw this whole, uh, it was an Errol Morris documentary and this one guy was, this is what he did for a living. Uh And he's like, these um, credit card companies aren't allowed to do this, but you won't ever stop them because you feel guilty because you are the one that spent all that. So people feel so guilty about using credit cards that they'll accept any charge because they they know that they didn't have the money to pay for it. I know that's happened to me. I know that I had a normal credit card. And I, oh, what did you have to say, George? Cotton a well. (laughs) Oh, it's just, yeah. That basically, if you sue for uh, credit card debt, all those charges are illegal. Yeah. And so you'll never get that. You actually don't have to pay that amount of money. And stupidly, that happened. When I moved here, I had no debt and I had a normal credit card 
and I paid my rent with a, no one told me not to do this. I just stupidly was like, I need money now. I don't want to borrow money from my parents. I got a cash withdrawal with my credit card and it took my normal interest to like 29%. Mm-hmm. And I never looked, I, it was at a time where you didn't go online and see how your credit card was doing. I was just, it was, it ballooned into like thousands and thousands of dollars just so I could pay my rent one time. Yeah. And, uh, it's all in the past and everything's great <laughs> except for the world. <laughs> My law would be the Kilgariff law. <laughs> and it would be that you're not allowed to talk loud in like restaurants. Like loud talkers get removed from any area where like performative speakers in an otherwise genteel and calm atmosphere. Yeah. They're uh they just cease to exist on their own uh energy yeah and i think that uh you people have the right to do a citizen's removal of them also yes so you know there's nothing i can't take it like like genuinely loud talkers and they're everywhere in los angeles that is your uh, your law is better than mine i'm just gonna say that not that it was a competition uh just everything i was in a car driving to uh deliver my gift to Bridger and I <laughs> I heard someone loud talking. I'm in a car. I had the window cracked. There was a guy on a ladder on the phone with one of those walkie-talkies setting like a Nextel phone mm. screaming like arguing with someone about something. He was smiling, but he is such <laughs> a loud brassy ass voice and he was outside. I was in a car and I was like that guy is ruining my peace and quiet right now. He was, yeah. Uh, he was, he was breaking the Kilgariff law. Yes, that's right. I, it's just you can have a good time, but just like, and you can have like spikes of sound. That's totally fine. Sure. Like, oh my god, happy birthday or whatever. But it's there are people's in is in this town especially, uh-huh. and I'm sure in like two months I'll I'll wish I was around them so badly I'll weep. But yeah. yeah. There are people in this town where every you you have to listen to everything they say because they just demand the full fucking. I mean, it makes me insane. One time, I confronted a guy though at a show. He wouldn't stop talking loud and had no shame about it. And there was a show. Granted, it was a show in a restaurant, and he was coming in to get food, but he was kind of watching and just talking at full volume. I went up and asked him to be quiet. He then said, thank you. Thank you for telling me. I I appreciate it when people tell me that. And then he shook my hand and squeezed the hell out of my hand to where it really hurt. And I kind (laughs) of pushed him. My mom had just died, by the way. I was not in a good mood. I pushed this man. And then I noticed he was deaf and he (gasps) had a hearing aid. And that's why he was talking loud. And that's why he said, I appreciate you telling me. He meant it. I don't know why he squeezed the hell out of my hand. Other, Some people other do it that way. take over for other senses when they're, <laughs> he became very strong because he couldn't hear. And he, and I, I was like pretty much hugged him after that. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I did not, I didn't know what he meant when he said, thank you. I, it was so awkward. And I just admitted that I was a bad person that night, but, uh, <laughs> Uh, well, 
I mean, that's the the problem with because wait, were you going to do a set? Were you about to go? On I was stage? about to go up. Yeah. Yeah. So you're basically like, I'm not fucking dealing with you while I'm up there trying to deal with myself. And he. <laughs> so you shut up. I have arthritic. He really hurt my hand. And I think he did that on purpose. Oh, yeah. And he, was uh, a big, he was a big guy that worked at the gas station across the street. He was like a. But the reason he was talking loud is he was deaf. So that's what I was focused on. Like, oh, my God, this is embarrassing. Well, it's it's the thing that you have to consider when before you go over or if you're going to go over to tell someone something, you have to keep in mind that there are still reasons that would be acceptable to you. So you don't have to already be mad. Oh, my God. But the handshaking thing, I'm telling you, I've had that happen a couple of times. People, when they meet you and they shake your hand so hard they crush it. There was one that happened to me one time and I left. I was like, that was one of the most aggressive, bizarre and passive aggressive things where it's like, if you're somehow mad at me, then say it. But we're shaking hands. It's like you tricked me. There is really something that someone told them when they were a kid by their dad, a firm handshake is what sells cars and gets. Yeah. <laughs> and and so there's man and Donald then Trump, not to keep talking about Trump, but he you know that. You can watch mega edits of him grabbing hands and yanking yes. people towards him. Yeah. And it's people that that are being hurt. But <laughs> he thinks it's like, oh, it shows that you're a man if you squeeze the hell out of someone's hand. And that's my what- favorite is the one where um, Trump is walking and it's like some it's the G8 or whatever. Some one of those yeah, big yeah. global meetings. And he just pulls the guy back by the shoulder and gets ahead of him that's like and that was or that was year one and oh, i just was yeah. like oh my god he's the worst person on the planet. that was incredible i remember it that too so embarrassing like he yanked like a the prime president minister. of oh, yeah. france yeah <laughs> it wasn't marcon it was like but it was so so unbelievable okay one last question steven and then we'll wrap it up yeah like a blanket baby this is from Donetti. Do if you could witness or participate, I, I like the part about participating because it always feels like these questions are like, if you could go back in time and look at something. But uh, Donetti says, if you could witness, but if you could participate in any event in history, what would it be? Wow. I mean, history is so long. I know. I just keep thinking of scenes from that terrible Forrest Gump movie. <laughs> <laughs> the first jog. Yeah, I. you know what? I have my answer. OK, good. because this is I am very uh, strangely and deeply obsessed with Victorian England. And if I could go back and walk around on the streets of London town, <laughs> it's <a> the <laughs> streets of old blighty and foggy London town and see all of the abject poverty and the terrible coal burning like the there's a very ornate kind of like I would love to go back to Victorian England and then go into a place like Charles Dickens old curiosity shop, which was basically like a vintage store, but in England. So it was even older stuff. Like how insane would that be where you could go look at like antiques from Victorian time? So that would be stuff from the 1700s or the 1600s or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that would be. Or they are artwork, like paintings. Or like it used to just have big cinder piles in the middle of town, like a big cinder pile. That's a, that's my one of my favorite. It's Bleak House, I think. 
I think it's Blade, mm, whatever, but it's one of those stories that I love that's on like BBC and it's just like this husband and wife and their job, their whole business is just big piles of cinder. You People come and dump the cinder at, in front of their house and then they have people that pick through it in case there's anything in there that's worth anything. Oh, God. I mean, insane. Like, <laughs> I would love to see that shit. <laughs> or like the gin during the gin craze, there'd be men with wheelbarrows filled with gin and you could pay a, a shilling and bring your cup and just go in and take a swig of gin that was probably laced with like arsenic or turpentine. Yep. It's just made with paint. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I guess speaking of arsenic, mine would be. Uh, I would go I would go to Butte, Montana during the mining boon. Mm. The Berkeley pit is filled with arsenic. That's why I said that. And 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 kind of like it would be really cool to like strike it rich in Montana and be one of the people that wait, do we know it's are we going back in time knowing what we know now? Yeah, I'm sure. It's like you can yeah. have it's like a like you're almost like it's like Westworld. You're like like you get to just participate in you history. just get to see what that time was like well, yeah. but still be yourself it sounds yeah. selfish and along the way i would help people and <laughs> but i would also make it to where i i i i found gold in montana nice yeah yeah Ooh. yeah also i would want to go back to when there was still witchcraft yeah um, uh, save like those the, ladies yeah Yours well no like <laughs> no 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 <laughs> but not like where there was actual magic. Like the whole premise of the book, Jonathan Norell and Mr. Strange, it's like there used to be magic in the world and basically just government and church types bought up all the books with the spells in them so that you couldn't look at them and no one could learn the spells. You're, and they basically that's, hoard. That's, that's not, it's thing? not true. No, no, okay, no. This okay, is a okay. novel. It's a, a but premise it's the, of a book. Okay. It's the, but isn't it the best premise? Because yeah, yeah. it's very believable. It's like, it yes, is. there was a time where it was like, I have Newt and those were in books. And like those books began to be hoarded by rich people and saved. Oh. And then no one, it was like, um, what do they call that? Esoteric knowledge or whatever, like secret knowledge. You can't, you have to be in a certain club to know about it. But instead those get burned or thrown away and then everyone just believes in the Bible that has no usable spells in it. <laughs> the only one is turning water to wine, which I, I can't do as a non-priest. Yeah, it doesn't. It's the cause of most alcoholism. It's the worst <laughs> part of the Bible. It's not even funny. Everyone's drunk. It's not even funny. <laughs> it's not even that funny. All right. Should we wrap it down? Sure. That's a good one. Let's ship it out. Let's wrap it up, let's, rub it down. Let's oh, wrap no. it and ship it and stamp it. <laughs> Signed, sealed, delivered. Come it's on. yours. Sorry. That makes me think of when I used to work at a children's um, clothing company and natural diaper company <laughs> in between fit, flunking out of in between flunking out of college and moving to San Francisco to start stand up. I moved back to Petaluma for a year and then worked at this place, Bio Bottoms, which is a children's like natural fiber clothing company and reusable diaper. It was like hippie, yeah. hippie stuff that was also for very rich ladies. But Bio and Bottoms is a great name. I know, right? And it was like two ladies started it and became millionaires. It was a very cool, cool. like story. Um, but the shipping department used to come and show us stuff that they accidentally got in their return packages. And it was insane. And one of some people sent back dirty like, diapers. Shit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to so get pissed. my money back and it's just a box of baby shit. <laughs> and here's why. Here's why. You didn't catch it. 
That's so gross. The <laughs> last thing you want to get as a diaper manufacturer is a return. <laughs> this diaper failed. Satisfaction guaranteed or your money back. Return <laughs> diaper that uh, had a leaky leg hole. And here's the proof. Yeah. Oh, gross. Here's the proof. You guys deal with it. I hate poop. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think this podcast is getting better every every episode. Yeah. The less we do, <laughs> the further away we get from the original premise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We'll we'll be back in the car again with guests. Yes, we will. We will one day. Absolutely, I'd say. But for now, months. you're stuck with us. But for now, deal with it. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, anything to plug, Chris? Uh, just my comedy special is still out there on Vimeo on demand and at weirnarly.com. Weirnarly.com. W E R E N A R L Y.com. And now oh, there's. Oh, gnarly. Are you sure it's not spelled with a G? Yeah, gnarly? for some reason okay, there's good. no G in it. I know. Okay, good. We good, made good. it as confusing as possible. But it Perfect. is, you know, you have to go to a website for a lot of these things. This is just a new website. And you can also get uh, mugs, <laughs> fancy mugs and fancy posters. Fancy mugs, eh? Mugsies and posties. <laughs> Anyone? How about support, the <laughs> Support Chris's Victorian English merch, please. He's, <laughs> Thank you. He's, he's into it. Thank you. Um, Thank yeah. you. That's it, right? How about you? What are you plugging, my friend? <laughs> <laughs> Nothing. I'm plugging um I'm plugging people wearing masks and uh adhering to the quarantine even though they don't feel like doing it anymore. I agree. No one does. You're not alone. I no agree. one does. Yeah. But you can't pretend it away yeah. as all of your relatives become ill. And it is not a slight against your freedom. Your freedom is all in your mind anyway, friend. Yeah. Hey, man. You thought you were free? You're a prisoner, man. You're, you're fucking lemming if you think you're free, man. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man. Uh, look. Look, man. All right, man. You've been all listening right. to Do You Need a Ride, man. D-Y-N, man. Like A-R. A-R, man. Honk, honk, man. <laughs> are you leaving or are you on your way back home? Either way, we want to be there. Doesn't matter how much baggage you claim. Give us a time and date. Terminal and gate. We want to send you off in style. We want to welcome you back home. Tell us all about it. Were you scared or was it fine? Uh, with Karen and Chris.